I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. Introduce our first ever SS3TP Copper Country football preview. Yeah, we're going to highlight the local area schools, talk to some of the coaches, uh, take a look at some of the players we need to keep an eye on this year, and as well as the two Division II GLIAC schools. Correct. And I always look forward to this time of the year. I used to love when the Gazette did a nice job with that. You had a team by team preview in that. Um, as as a kid, as a player, as a, a fan, as a coach, I used to love to do that. So um, we might as well use our our platform to try and promote football in the in the Copper Country. We talked to some. We talked to all the local schools in here. We talked with uh, Coach Franti of Calumet, Coach Gervais Jarvis in Lake Linden, Coach Segui and at uh, Hancock, Coach Driscoll at Houghton. So we're hitting the, the local high school scene, but we also Stopped in and did a little chat with our some of the coaches at Michigan Tech and, and NMU. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it gives uh, some of our listeners a chance to get a little more familiar with uh, some of the football teams in the area and get out to watch some games. Be some good ones again starting up on Friday. Yeah, so um, thank you to the people that took part in this preview and enjoy. All right, Oge. Uh, we're sitting here as part of our part of our football preview. We're sitting with the new Michigan Tech head football coach, Coach Dan Metlack. Um, you and I are both big fans of this program, so welcome aboard, Coach Met. And how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, this is a cool thing you guys are doing, so I appreciate you having me on. Well, let's just jump into this. I know you're a busy guy, but um, this is your first head coaching job correct it is and you, you definitely have some big shoes to fill don't you we do yep um and i don't think it's just myself i mean obviously uh, my name is next to that title but we were fortunate during the transition that phil and bubs and uh kellen and then some of our, our younger gas are still on board so throughout the transition coach russman's still here too i apologize for forgetting about him but um we uh having that much continuity stick on board um, to go through the transition during recruiting and everything else helped out a ton. So uh, we're looking forward to, to this fall. Well, and, and I'm not even talking about filling the shoes of Coach Anderson and Coach Curley and Coach Olson. I checked my records, and you're the third winningest coach in your own family, for Pete's <laughs> sake, right? Behind your uh, behind your yeah. father and your grandfather. And it's not even close. No, that's, that's I mean, you haven't, yeah. you haven't won anything yet yeah. compared to those guys, yeah. right? So you got some bigger shoes to fill at your own uh, at the Thanksgiving dinner table, don't you? Yeah, I, uh, you caught me off guard with that one. How did we get to it? But yeah, there's no question. There's some work to be done to catch up to, uh, you know, not only my dad, but obviously, yeah, I mean, you guys know Grandpa, and uh, he obviously set the bar for the whole family. So um yeah it's a football family if you will um been around it since uh i was uh born and um you know whether you're going to crystal falls playoff games back in the 80s or uh <laughs> you know being on the sideline with my dad since he took over in 86 or 87 in the model town so um but yeah they're they're uh, obviously both um uh, been in it for a long time and uh, huge influences on on me growing up and and since I got into this profession as well. So uh, pretty cool deal. Well, that's one thing that we're trying to highlight with what we're doing is, you know, someone like yourself who is 
the head of a, a you know I think a prestigious program here, but the ties to the Upper Peninsula and the roots of sports that come through there and the the, the values that you're, you're no stranger to that is from from your playing days at Gwyn, which I'm sure Oj is going to bring up, and then having a hell of a career here and then back is sitting in the in the head seat. So uh, we're we're happy to to have you back there, and I said it's somebody that really kind of. Um, put the, uh, an exclamation point on what we're trying to highlight in the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, sure. And and I think, uh, you know, the football program at Tech is a lot like UP football in my mind in the sense that if you're not a part of it, you don't quite understand right. what it's about. I, you know, I think, you know, talking to you guys that have coached for a long time in the UP, uh, you know, you get in the playoffs in the high school ranks and finally get a chance to play a team from downstate, it's a, a different deal than – you know, if you're going to play Crystal or uh, Hancock or whatever, um, I think Tech's that same way where uh, everybody knows about our academics. Um, they know about the handful of conference championship teams we had. But, uh, you know, I think we get overlooked quite a bit when it comes to our league, and rightfully so, Grand Valley Ferris, Saginaw, good programs. Um, but, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities in UP football on a state level that there is – uh, you know, on the college level with tech compared to the other teams in the league, if that, that makes no, any no sense. No doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, as I just look, look at the roster. Yeah. You look at tech's roster and the best kids in the upper peninsula are coming here every year. Yeah. Well, speaking of high school football and UP coach, let's take you back a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was uh, my second year in Calumet. Copper Kings had a hell of a team. And Gwynn came to town. 1998, I believe. Yeah. And it was probably to this day – as far as just watching, not being involved coaching, one of the best high school football games that I ever watched regular season-wise. Um, Gwynn came in and, and beat Calumet in a close game. You guys yeah. had a hell of a team. What do you remember about that game? Uh, everything. <laughs> um, you know, we – we um, so for a long time up to that point, obviously with the base being there, Gwynn was quite a bit bigger. Base shuts down. But at that, you know, time we, we had uh, – up till that year, Marquette was on the schedule, Gladstone – uh, you know, we played Nagani. Um, so there were some bigger teams on the schedule. And then all of a sudden the playoff points start to change a little bit back in those days. Um, and uh, however it happened, uh, Coach Crows and my dad, however they worked it out, ended up, we dropped Gladstone. I'm not sure if they. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. And actually, I think that was the last year. That was Coach Scott Body was still the head coach. Oh, it was. Cal. Okay. It was his, okay. I think it was his last year. But okay. anyway. So there. however it happened, we, it worked out that Calumet had an opening. We had an opening. So we same size schools, um, you know, who was going to get in the playoffs, who wasn't and so on and so forth. But, you know, you grow up in Marquette County. We, we know about all the schools up here, but we never played anybody in anything. So, um, you know, I think we got on the bus for that two and a half hour ride thinking we were going to come up here and, Take care of business and and go back home. And, and man, it was anything but that. It was, uh, I don't know if you remember or not, but right from the get-go, I mean, your guys' warm-ups ended with uh, coach hit a whistle and they all started (laughs) teeing off on each other. And we're sitting there like, what in the hell is going on, you know? And But it was, uh, I mean, you know, you talk to people around town about what it looked like from the sidelines, how physical it was and fast. and Physical, um, big plays. And I remember this, too. I remember a name, and I think – I hope it's the correct name because I was going to say you might have been the second best player on the field that day because a kid named Justin Hubbard, Hubbard sure. he yep. was damn good and and made uh, some big defensive plays, caught up everywhere. Kids. Yeah, yep. he was great he was that game. Six three, slapped together, could run. Um, he actually came to Tech. 
okay. um, to play football, ended up transferring out. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, and then uh, Cone was the tailback who none of us knew until that night. But uh, <laughs> it was, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we had no idea what we were getting into from a physicality standpoint. And, uh, you know, thank God we had a, a team that was veteran enough all of us haven't had played the year before as well that, you know, we, we did enough to get it done at the end, but yeah, yeah there's not a whole lot to forget about that one. It was fun. And the other cool part, not to keep going on it was uh, at the old, you know, before they redid the field like Calumet, everybody was, there wasn't right. The sideline was yeah. the people, you know, oh, so yeah, right on I remember top, getting yeah. probably helping you with uh, helping your dad with some play calls 100% and everything. things yeah. that, uh, that, 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 uh, that was that, very that, unique that, with that, the corner field. end yeah, zone. Yeah, we we got I remember a lot of assistant time, coaches there. Sure, and we got pushed out of, or I got pushed out of bounds one time on Kelly Met sideline on the old cement track or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And you know, back in the day, you wore the plastic screw and cleats. So I got onto that and just slid for. <laughs> I mean, it was, but it was fun. It was it was cool. Everybody's right on top of each other, and um, and obviously they had a, a good team that year too. Yeah. So it was uh, competitive. Well, one of the things, you know, the transition now, you've, you've been back in, in this, been to your alma mater and, and, and now going from being the associate head coach to sliding into the, the, the big chair. Um, and you had mentioned the consistency with your coaching staff, which is obviously a huge part of going to make your life easier. But what are just some of the things you've noticed that maybe you were expecting or maybe you weren't expecting now that you're sitting in the, sure. in the big chair? Yeah, I, I uh, first uh, – give a lot of credit to coach Olson and, and um, for the entire time he was here, kept me in a loop in a lot, in a lot of things, uh, which gave me a little bit of a head start and what to expect, whether that be, you know, scholarships or, uh, you know, uh, admin meetings or whatever it might be uh, behind the scenes that I didn't necessarily have to have uh, any heads up on at all, but he was great about that part of it. Um, helping me along the way there. Um but, you know, in terms of uh, the day-to-day stuff, I'm still going to call the offense. Um, you know, so from that side of the football, uh, not a whole lot's changed. Thankful to have those guys all still, you know, four, three of those guys that I mentioned that are still on board are all on the offensive side of the football. So, you know, uh, what we're going to do, what we're going to do different, uh, how we're going to go about it, um, you know, uh, whether it's the same or it's changed, it's been the same guys having that conversation. So that part's been easy, but – um, there is more uh, day-to-day stuff, as you guys know, when you get into that chair that, you know, you, you're in more meetings than, than you were before. And, um, but, uh, you know, I don't think the, I haven't noticed a ton different um, at this point. I, I keep saying, you know, once the season starts and, you know, there's wins and losses or you have uh, academics or whatever it may be, obviously that's going to get thrown on the table or, uh, you know, whatever you get a 35 new freshmen in town that, you know, whether it's homesick or mom and dad want to check right. in, you know, there's going to be some of those phone calls that I haven't had to deal with necessarily in the past. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think when the transition happened, the D coordinator stayed and the special teams coordinator stayed on top of myself. So, you know, not only uh, does it take that part off the plate, but they're both guys that uh, I don't necessarily, of course, I'm going to know what's going on, but Bubs is a head coach of that side of football. Philly's a head coach of the special teams in that sense to where they've got their plan, they've got their structure. And you guys have had the trust. 100%. For, trust for, yep. for so many years yep. you guys have been together. Cohesive unit for a number yeah, of absolutely. years. Absolutely. And I've never, you know, the, the, you always hear you, you can't hire your friends, so on and so forth. Um, 
I like having those guys on staff because I of that trust factor, right? right? You, you, you know that they're in it for the right reasons, going to do the right things, and you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, what's being done in meetings when you're not around or no, so on and, and so and I forth. Think, I think that's one of the things that I've always really enjoyed about your program is that the cohesiveness of your staff, sure. whether from the head coach down to a, a GA, everybody seems to, to like enjoy each other's company yeah. and you have enough trust with each other. And I, th- and I don't think that, I think that's something that tech has. I mean, sure. not, not every place necessarily does. No, And I, I, I do. I, I think it's a, a huge deal, especially up here. Uh, you know, whether you're talking location, what the kids deal with in, in the classroom, uh, we spend way too much time as a staff together all year round right. to not be in a situation where it doesn't always have to be work. If we're going to go hang out in my backyard or downtown or whatever, uh, you should be able to do that with the guys that you put that much time in with. And, and I feel like we do have that kind of group right now. Well, let me ask you this coach. We just mentioned, you know, your transition from the offensive coordinator and all the head coach calling the offense. What, uh, or how much thought have you put into it? Um, your mindset wise, how is that going to change if at if at all? Yeah, being the the main guy now and and calling those offense or or whether it's you know just each series offensively or game plan. Sure. How does that change? Yep. Um, so the biggest difference for me is this will be the first time I'm calling it from the sideline. I've usually been okay, upstairs, so uh, that part of it is not necessarily a huge deal in my mind. If you have a guy that can go up that you can trust that is seeing the things that yeah, I mean you guys know how it is. It's a different right, game right. from up there than it is down low. So uh, Coach O'Neill, our wide receivers coach, is going to go up uh, very good with the X and O's parts and a guy that I have trust in. So that part will be different in itself just being down. Uh, and, and you guys also know this, the, the emotional part of the football game is different when you're right in the mix and when you're upstairs as well. Sure. So, you know, that'll be something that when the office is on the field, uh, you, you know, you get the focus on calling the plays. At the same time, I'm not going to be able to spend 10 minutes uh, hanging out with the queue in between series because I'm going to have to be part of the game management part uh, on the sideline while the defense out, right. special teams, so on and so forth. But again, I'll go back to Phil and Bubs being on staff that let's say that I did for whatever reason, have to go behind on the bench or whatever Sit with the quarterback. Yeah. You know, uh, those two guys are football savvy enough that if we needed to take a timeout and I'm not standing right there or this year replay is getting invo- introduced into our league, oh. you know, so if we need to challenge a play, uh, you know, they can get on the headset. And I think that communication, especially between the three of us, um, is going to be at a point where, uh, you know, we'll be able to handle the sideline interaction in a way that, you know, we haven't done it yet. So I'm speculating a little bit here, but I, I do think that we're all on the same page enough that, um, you know, we'll know going into a game what to look for, what we're trying to do on each side of the ball, what we're trying to do with special teams, if there's something we're looking for that way. So um, I don't think that, uh, you know, there will be too many surprises that way. You know, are we going to screw something up from a game management point uh, early in the season? Possibly, right? Just having a different uh, deal down there. But, um, you know, I think we're all in it enough, uh, whether you're the D.C., and the office on the ball or whatever uh, is going on that we'll be all right with that part of it. And, that, and that's, in my opinion, a sign of a good coach is that you just you have complete trust in those guys. And, and again, your name's on the door, but those guys are, are, are right there with you. And, sure. And, and you know going in that no matter what happens, they got your back. Yep, yep. yep. Um, let me ask you one thing, and we don't want to get into too many finite details and stuff, but you mentioned the Q. Yep. Um, Will had been here for what 14, 15 yeah, at years. Least, it yep, seems yep, right. Yep. So I mean, somebody there will be somebody new under center. 
Um, obviously, that's your area of expertise, and I know you're you're trying out there's some young guys in the spring sure. that you're working through there. But um, how is that going to be different now, having somebody that's inexperienced under center? compared to having somebody that's been there for you know a number of years yep. uh, early on it, it, it is gonna, that is going to be the most uh, glaring thing to me is the lack of reps um you know you take a guy like will who was fortunate enough you know due to covid and other things that he got to play four years um you know but you guys were at enough games to see uh the transition from when he played his first game to what he did last right. year was two completely different people you put a different number on him and last year's will arc was significantly different than even the year before in terms of decisions he was making, um, the trust we put in him with the offense, so on and so forth. So I think at any position, but especially that one, the uh, maturation process is, is so different for everybody. And what I mean by that is it took Will some time to go from being a guy that had quite a few WTFs, if you will, on the call sheet, right? <laughs> to a guy that was, you, we're not even in that game if he's not our guy, you know, um, to where it'll be different. That's going to be put on not only myself, but our offensive staff to have a game plan put in place that here's what Alex does well. Um, here's what he doesn't do well. Uh, you know, we got to be smart enough too to not put him in situations where we're calling 25 drop back passes a game to where he's got to read three different receivers, you know, we'll move the pocket like we always have done. Um, there'll be more quarterback run than there has been in the past, uh, different things to get him into the game, but uh, dynamic kid with his feet, huge arm. Um, it's just going to be, he does not have the, uh, the, uh, the years or games or minutes to where he can, he, he's got to grow up right now, you know, and, and right. we did everything we could in the spring to give him every situation and as many reps as we could um, we'll continue to do that during early camp, but uh, well, we, it's fun challenges for the coaching staff too. No right? question, got to be. It's a no whole question. different deal for you, absolutely. So yep. it just makes it for a fun challenge. Yep. And, and each each yep. week, each practice will be, yep. You know, Pro probably frustrating at time watching the growing pains sure. as you want to see. But I'm sure if we sit down this time next year, it'll be a whole different, yeah. different and, ball game. And and you guys both know this. What it doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. I I feel like that's one area that I, I'd like to think that I've grown up in is the patience part of things. Um, you know, when you first get into it, uh, the way I was coached growing up, the way I was coaching college, um, my dad, coach curls, very demanding until you finally click and then, all right, here's the keys. And, you know, you go do what you do where, um, you know, that's probably one thing when you're not playing and control it anymore as a coach, it's you're ripping your hair out because what do you mean you, you, you don't know what that coverage is or you don't know what we're doing here or where, you know, so uh, getting Alex to understand exactly where we want the football going in certain situations or what we're looking for in certain situations, uh, when to run it, when to throw it, when to throw it away, whatever right. it may be, you know, the same things that uh, we, we did with Will for the last four years that maybe took a little bit longer to get him to buy into. Um, but, you know, it all gets back to the, uh, the one term that for whatever reason nobody likes is, managing the football game and as soon as we can get a cue that's bought into that I, to me the other stuff is easy you right know, you got to be able to manage the game first before yeah, you i don't know why that's always a negative term uh, where people look either. at that you know yeah but real quick too it's the the schedule you got a few weeks here obviously now and then uh you guys had the bye week so to yep. speak in week one yeah um 
but a little bit of unfamiliarity with those first three teams. We don't want to get into in depth with it, but we, you know, Platteville we played last year, yep. week two. But Hillsdale, how long have they been at the Gleak? Uh, probably four years now, five okay. years. Yep. So you got them yep. week one, and then Upper Iowa in week three. So there is yep. a little bit of unfamiliarity yep. before you get into the meat of your schedule. Yep. So uh, Hillsdale, we know really well. Um, I, I worked there for almost two years with Otter and, and those guys, and um, you know, unless they do something completely different in week one against Indy. You know, we know what to expect from them. They know what to expect from us. That's why it's always such a, I mean, we got damn near the same kids that they, you know, high academic school and um, recruited a lot of same guys and so on and so forth. But um, Platteville only being year two, um, there's going to be some familiarity. A lot of those guys that they had on their defense line last year that we were impressed with are all back. So we'll know a couple of those bodies. Um, But, Upper Iowa, Minot, uh, both of those schools are teams that uh, I've never uh, played against ever or even seen film on outside of searching on, you know, YouTube for what mm-hmm. we can find. So there is going to be some differences that way. Uh, you know, the other thing that makes it challenging with um, uh, the uh, upper game is we've got to go to them. None of us have ever been to that town, know what their facilities are like or, or anything from that standpoint. So, um, you know, those – differences or uh, getting our guys mentally prepped to play that team I'll I'll do whatever we have to do to lean on our locker room and our our leadership that we have down there that you know the field's going to be 50 or 100 yards long end zones are still 10 you know you go back to the old coach speak of we're going to play football it doesn't matter what town it's in you know but um, schematics uh, we're going to learn on the fly as soon as we get to that week for sure right all right. Well, uh, Coach Matt, we appreciate you taking time. Obviously, Oj and I are, you know, big supporters. We're looking forward to the start of the season, which I'm sure, sure you're anxious to get going as well. But um, thank you once again for talking with us. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate you guys coming over. Good luck and stay healthy. Thank you. That is going to be the key for sure. Okay, Oj. Um, next part of our football preview here. We're sitting down with the defensive coordinator of the Michigan Tech Huskies, Coach Brian Thomas. A lot of people refer to him as Baba. So, Baba, how are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. You know, we started up camp in two days, so, uh, you know, trying to get the anxiety out right now because I feel like I always got to be doing something, uh, <laughs> but I think we have everything squared up, but uh, everything's going good right now. So we got to ask, you know, we always like to start this. Now, how many episodes of SS3TP have you listened to? I've only listened to two. Well, oh, just that's, interviews that's, over. <laughs> hey, that's one word in Coach Metlock. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess we'll take that can koozie back, but... Um, <laughs> You're, you're no stranger to Michigan Tech. You've been here for, for a number of years. Um, but for those of our listeners that maybe don't know, maybe you want to give us a little background about um, your path to becoming a coach at Michigan Tech. Yeah, so we got done playing, played at Grand Valley. Um, and we had actually two graduate assistants that got full-time jobs up at Michigan Tech. So when I got done, um, they already had their full-time jobs up at Michigan Tech. There's one of the few staffs that actually Grand Valley staff that they liked was Michigan Tech staff. <laughs> and they said, geez, you know, Coach Sarton that, you know, he was a graduate assistant at Grand Valley. He was the O-line coach up here at Michigan Tech. Uh, so I knew him and came up here for kind of like a visit for two days. And I was like, I could probably do this for, you know, one or two years, you know, being <laughs> far from home in the Detroit Ann Arbor area and came up here for one or two years. And here I am about to start my 14th season. So, wow, um, wow. 14 years already. Hey, amazing. 
I think I got my Uper card now, which is good. Well, and we also, I guess, before we even progress, we should congratulate you on your uh, your re recent marriage. Thank you. Um, and you got married in the UP too, correct? Married. So in the that's UP. official. You got the card. Hundred percent. And to quote, you know, to give a football reference, he definitely outkicked his coverage with that that <laughs> sweetheart. She's a she's a sweetheart. But congratulations, Bob, on your wedding. We're really happy for you. I appreciate that, and you know, I just want to make sure, Andy, you know that she refers to you as Fest Guy all the time. So, so awesome. that's what she refers to you when I was telling her that you know I'm going to do this, and she's like, "Oh, the Fest Guy." I'm like, yep, uh, that's him. I finally have arrived. So, so coach, uh, got a few new members of the defensive side of the ball coaching with you this year. What's uh, what's your thoughts? How they've been uh, fitting in with the program, and and a uh, little bit of talk on that crew. Yeah, so we got a couple changes. Uh, you know, we bring uh, Coach Michael Donnelly back. Uh, he, he was here for, I think, three seasons, two and a half seasons um, as a grad assistant, probably about seven years ago. Um, he's built a good rapport with our kids, a uh, very personal guy. Kids, everybody around the community really likes the guy. Um, very personal out there. So I've known him for, like I said, maybe 10 years, something like that, eight years on that. And it was nice to get him back just because I know what type of person he is, uh, know what type of coach he is. And he's done really good with our secondaries. You know, he's become our pass game coordinator and, you know, just the guys in that locker room, um, not only in his position meeting, but the whole locker room really enjoy the guy. Uh, so he comes over here. He was the defensive coordinator at Muskingum University uh, down in Ohio for Eric Yeider, who used to coach here. He's right. the head coach now. And then the other one that we have is uh, JT Jurison. So kind of a UP name that everybody knows about up yeah. here. Uh, his uncle obviously made a lot of headlines and all that type of stuff. And he comes here from Northern Michigan and he's been a special teams coordinator there, been the offensive coordinator there. Last year he was on uh, the defensive side of the ball as their corners or safety secondary coach. And we're going to transition him over to the linebackers. And once again, you know, he's, understands football, understands both sides of the ball um, with being on the offense for so many years, but more importantly, such a good person and the kids really feel comfortable with them. So they're really good football coaches, but even better people, which is very important, especially in this type of area that, you know, we are living in. Awesome. Right. And, you know, along the lines with the coaching staff, there's, you know, Coach Matlack now is sitting at the head of the table as the, the head coach, but having you you guys have worked together for so many years and coach Milbrath that there's such a familiarity, you know, friendship, will you, mm -hmm. that, um, do you, do you see any changes in the transition or is it pretty much business as usual, um, from your perspective? Yeah. I, I feel like me, coach Milbrath, coach Matt have, uh, had a good relationship for the last, since they've been here, I think six, seven years with it. And then just putting other people in place to, understand kind of how we are doing things. So I think the transition has been pretty smooth. Obviously you have some different faces that are going to be in the, you know, coaching room. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we understand each other. You know, I know what Philly's, you know, going to bring to the table, you know, coach Matt obviously is in a different seat now, but I understand his leadership. You know, he's as good of a leader as I've been around. Uh, and, you know, I can see that our staff can see it and, you know, you just see it on our player's face. Like there's a sense of urgency by those guys, but, you know, it starts with, that uh, continuity that you know we've had in the past and just just because there's a new guy at the head seat doesn't mean everything's changing completely you know we're going to have that continuity carry over to the coaching staff the rest of the coaches and then also the players in that locker room excellent yeah just in real quick too you know you watch the games as you did last year but you're defensively pretty damn impressive last year and you got a lot of guys coming back 
and a big D lineman coming back that missed last year, correct? Yeah, we uh, yeah we like Sam Kinney yeah. <laughs> on the football field. We don't like him watching on the sidelines. So yeah, we're fortunate to bring him back. Right. You know, right now, uh, and you look at the rest of the defense. You know, I think I want. I think I counted the other day. I think there's nine starters that are coming back. Obviously, one's going to get replaced by Sam Kinney. You know, probably, but all the linebackers are coming back. You know, besides one that played significant minutes. Um, we think we have two of the best safeties in the league coming back, and obviously Austin Schlicht, who's been all conference the last two years. And so you got a lot of pieces there. Um, we are not a perfect product by any means, and you know we're going to be challenged a lot. Uh, we're going to try to do a couple different things, but for the most part, you know, kids are understand our system and kind of what we expect right now. Let me ask you this too. So, getting the season, you get two days away from getting going, and you know, going back to the coaching in high school, it's always something we had had to deal with early camp. How do you balance this uh, attacking the first game, trying to keep kids healthy yet? You got to get out there and get after each other. You got to tackle, you got to hit, got to be some contact. Um, how do you go about balancing that? I mean, football's changed a lot. You look back, Coach, when you and I started, you go back to the early 90s and 2000s, early 2000s, the difference in what we did high school-wise. Mm -hmm. But uh, how do you go about that right now and, and try to balance that? Yeah, I mean, it's not the same as when you guys played, like, back in the 50s and everything. Oh, I understand <laughs> that. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's the same, uh, I guess, balance every year when, you know, you talk about the best ability is availability. And we're going to be a lot better team if our starters are playing week one and not on the sideline. But how do you get them to go full speed and all that? So there's got to be a balance on that. We're going to do as much competitiveness in fall camp as we've done in a long time, I believe. We're also going to be smart with it. You know, I think a lot of our tackling, a lot of our full contact drills are going to be uh, controlled, as you could say, uh, maybe groups, maybe the linebackers versus running backs in a live tackle situation where it's not a full field where you're getting offense and defensive lines, legs coming in, that type of stuff. Same thing with the wide receivers and DBs. You know, it's going to be a controlled setting with a lot of our tackling. Obviously, you got to do some full team to get the understanding of, hey, where the D-line, linebackers, secondary is going to be with it um, but you got to make sure all your top guys are coming up with you to week one against Hillsdale so there's a balance with that you know a lot some of our guys are sixth year seniors like the Sam Kinney the Michael Bates they're going to get their reps do they have to be out there for every first team rep they're not going to be mm -hmm. um, but that gives you know other people a chance to step up you know if we don't have as much depth in the secondary all right our twos our threes are going to get a chance to step up there um, so we're, we're excited about it, but I guess to answer your question, I know I kind of went off on a little bit, but we're going to do a lot more controlled tackling, a lot more controlled periods, but also getting that competitive, competitiveness as high as it possibly can be where it's offense versus defense. And that probably comes with, like you said, experienced guys that have been through it. You know, if you have all freshmen playing, maybe you have to do a little bit more to get them the game ready, but guys that have already proved that they can do it, it's more fine-tuning maybe sure. per se. Sure, sure. I mean, you talk about like, our linebacking core that are all returning that played any snaps, they got to be better in their movement patterns. Um, do they know how to play football? Yeah, they know how to play football. They just got to make sure they can get into a good position to make those tackles in fall camp. And then they're going to get those situations in those running backs versus linebackers where they're actually bringing those guys to the job to the ground. They don't need to do that in that live setting. So that's kind of how we're balancing it a little bit. And then just looking at the GLIAC, right? I mean, the GLIAC is the best, Division two, you know, conference in the country, and the names Grand Valley and Ferris, you know, are synonymous throughout the country. And Michigan Tech being a little different animal compared to those two, 
you have a little different type of kid that comes to this area, whether it be academics or like you said, the environment, the things like that. So what types of things, what kind of challenges does that have? Do you, are you presented with and trying to defend these teams that have a lot of D1 caliber athletes on there? Ever-changing rosters also yeah. with these teams. I mean, that looked at Davenport last year. Holy Christ. Yeah, Davenport, I think, had 67 new faces it was, last year. It's unbelievable. Um, I think they had 12 of them, of which were D1 transfers. Um, Ferris, GV, you know, they're going to get their players out of high school. They're going to get some transfers, you know, that type of stuff. So, I mean, you're, you're going to play against, like you said, D1 athletes all the time. Well, let me let me just – I think I – I don't like the way I asked that. Is that do you when you look at those teams and, and you look at the talent they have? It's obviously probably causes some sleepless nights. But do you just go into it knowing that you're you're confident in what you're teaching and what you're doing, or do you try to say, well, we need to do this against Grand Valley, or do you just go, we're we're tech and this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do this the best we can to slow these guys down? Yeah. So I guess going into it, we're going to be who we are. You know, we're going to be mm-hmm. Michigan Tech football. We're going to be, you know, hard-nosed, make sure we're fundamentally sound with everything. Obviously, with a different game plan, you guys know you're going to have a couple tweaks here and there. But to sit here and say we're going to throw a completely different Michigan Tech defense out there just because they're Grand Valley or just because they're Ferris, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to probably put our guys in hopefully better positions to make some plays out there. Uh, But we're not going to go back from where we are as a football team from Michigan Tech and anything. You know, and GV, Ferris, they're – they're going to challenge you, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams, as good as anybody in the country, uh, which is very fortunate for us because we get to go against that. All right. But we also got to make sure our kids are prepared to go against that, too. And so you go into that game if they're prepared, you know, you go into a Ferris game last year and we have them on the ropes in the fourth quarter. All right, our kids are ready to take that next step. But when we finish those guys off, came down to an outside kick. It was a hell of a game. It was a really good game. And, you know, our kids, they played they played their butts off and you know, we we're fortunate to be in that game and you're allowed to say ass on yeah okay podcast. all right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know you teach what you teach and and the kids you adjust as tech football players each week and and you know that's that stuff that i suppose that you put in early camp is going to play out right through from hillsdale all the way through right the, yeah. they'll know how to adjust to certain offensive formations and, and just be, be tech football players our, our culture is never going to change you know whether it's hillsdale um, whether Upper Iowa, the third week of the season, or Ferris State, you know we are going to be who we are at Michigan Tech. Um, just because it's they have Ferris on their um, front of their jersey, it's not going to change. It's going to maybe make our kids play a little extra harder. But at the end of the day, we got to go play our brand of football. And if we can do that, put our kids in the best position, and hopefully give ourselves a chance, I think we've done our job. Then so, this is something sure. that just came to mind too. I call. You don't see a lot of teams that just come downhill at you anymore. There's not fullbacks mm-hmm. running, you know, straight ahead. You got four to five, you know, four or five wide out formations. Um, you just don't see a lot of that anymore, right? No, you see, you see a lot more, you know, eleven personnel, ten personnel. I mean, you'll, you'll get your twelve, uh, two tight ends, um, maybe some thirteen personnel from Wayne State a little bit. But for the most part, everything's a lot of spread out there. GV gets into more twelve personnel than they have in the past, uh, but. You know, they got 6'6", across the board on the yeah, offensive that, line. Yeah, that so, little, yeah. <laughs> I try to run the ball, too, a little bit. <clears throat> I got a kick out of – I saw Twitter the other day, Croce. I thought of you. I had a picture of Full House T formation, and, mm-hmm. and it was on – I think it was on a spread, uh, you know, site. And it, the, the comment was, what a waste of uh, 
what a, what a waste of real estate. <laughs> and they showed that, you know, the 11 guys in the box on defense against the full house. Sure. And I thought of you right away. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad, <laughs> glad I'm leaving a mark there. Yeah. But, uh, Baba, we said we appreciate you taking some time and talking to us. Um, I know you're excited to get the season started. Oj and I um, both are pretty excited to watch what the fall brings for the Huskies this year, too. And uh, wish you nothing but the best. Yeah, yeah. good luck and stay healthy, Coach. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right, Oj. As we continue our our walk down football preview lane here, uh, we have another football coach that you and I both know that we're going to have a little chat with today. Today we're joined by Coach Mike Dufresne, who's the the new defensive coordinator at NMU. So welcome, Coach Dufresne. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Excited to talk to you. First part of our GLIAC preview right here. Well, I guess our UP GLIAC preview, correct? Yeah. Now, question, the first thing we got to get straight here is a little birdie told us that you're actually a big fan of our podcast. I am. I am one of the tens of listeners. I've listened to every single episode. A lot of it driving back and forth between Tamarack and Marquette here while we're working on selling our house. Well, let's get let's get into something real important then. If you're a listener, and I've heard this from a few people, when you get to the end and listen to the lyrics come comes on, are you stopping or are you listening to that entire song? I let it play through because I like to hear the see you later, the talk to you later. I like to hear it at the end. I, I let it go through. Oj, I don't know if I agree with all of your music choices, but I do. I let it play through. All right. Well, I, I guess that's better than that's better than some of these clowns that have uh, made a few comments about it. But I, you know, that that is the only reason I do this whole thing. So I'm I'm appreciate you listening to it and pay attention to what I'm telling you with these songs. You got it. Just ignore them like we do. But anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's jump into this, Coach. I know you're busy. You got a lot of stuff going on here. Um, but let's let's just give our other tens of fans maybe a little background on yourself. Um, you're an accomplished player. You have a, a an accomplished coach, and now you're you're uh, got a new new uh, new avenue per se at the, the Division Two level. But if you could just take a minute and maybe share your experiences with our tens of fans, um, in case some of them aren't familiar with who you are. Yeah, um, I'm a UW Whitewater graduate. I was the starting nose tackle on the first national championship in our school history. Um, got into coaching right when I, I graduated. Was at the booming metropolis of Morris, Minnesota, um, way out there at the University of Minnesota, Morris. And then I, I, I bounced I've, around I've been there. It's, it's kind of like Bujack. Yeah, very, very much like Bujack. It's it's not as not as many trees, a little flatter. I mean, it's kind of yeah. – I, I, don't 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 knock Bootjack like that. I don't I don't, I don't <laughs> like that. Um, no, but <laughs> but was a, a graduate assistant. Got my master's degree at Carthage. Um, was lucky enough to be at Loris College for a little bit as a defensive line coach. Then back to Carthage full time. Then I became a defensive coordinator at Lyon College down south in NAI school in Arkansas. Spent four awesome years at Marietta College where we you know turned the program around and had back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in over 20 years, came up to Duluth, um, was the defensive coordinator with one of my very good friends at the College of Saints, Scholastica, um, and then got the job, head job at Finlandia. And, you know, did our best to, to get everything rolling there and, you know, worked with a bunch of really good guys, uh, you being one of them there, Crouchy, and appreciate everything you did to work with yeah. us and 
you know, it's, it's been a heck of a trip and the opportunity came to come work on coach Richardson's staff here at Northern Michigan. And I could not be more excited for the opportunity. Well, so the first, you know, my first thoughts, it, the, the situation is obviously unique that you're in because it's not like it's a, it's a new head coach taking over in a program that's, you know, that's had consistent success for a number of years. So you're coming into a situation where Northern has struggled a little bit in the GLIAC and there's a big turnover, big turnover of athletes, um, you know, and a whole new coaching staff. So what are your thoughts on coming into a situation like that, knowing, you know, the schools that are not only in the conference that you're competing against, which, you know, is as good as they are in the country. Um, and then, you know, the patience it's obviously going to take to, to build this program the way you guys are envisioning. Yeah, it's it's patience and it's understanding that we, we have a ton of support around us. Uh, from the institution, from alumni, you know, Coach, Coach Rich having being an alum himself, and a lot of the guys he's played with has been, have been around and, and shown their support for us, and you know, showing how excited they are for what we're building. And yeah, there's there's patience involved, but there's also competitiveness of us and wanting to get after it and wanting to coach it up. And then we we know what we're what we're after, and we know who we're talking to. But the the coolest thing about uh, what we have gone is, you know. We just focus on us, and we worry about how how we play. It's not it's not who we play; it's how we play. And I think that's definitely something that we're going to teach and instill in our guys. And you know, it's got to take it one day at a time and and one step at a time, and do do the best that we can. Yeah, I mean that's the approach you got to take, right? It's it's focus on yourselves individually here early, and and then start establishing things and and see your see where you're at as far as the season goes. So yeah, that's uh, that's great, and you know, everybody in UP wants Northern to be legitimate again, right? I mean, you know, and obviously we're up here in the Copper Country. There, you know, I have reasons to be cheering for Michigan Tech, which which you know, um, but it's 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 better in the UP when when both those teams are are striving and and uh, succeeding and and. And I, I sure hope that things work out for you guys there, and and uh, you know maybe if, not maybe not this year against the Huskies, but well, if Tech if Tech goes ten and zero and Northern goes nine and one, I think I'm pretty ha- pretty yeah, happy. Yeah, well, would that be beautiful, right? To get to that point, I, I think we should flip it. But <laughs> I can I can I can roll with that. Oh, I can roll with that. I I only hope the best for your boys and hope they do well this season and. There's there's one week where you know I might might not want them to do so great, but yeah. um, I hope the best for them. Otherwise, they're, they're they're good kids, and obviously me and you are buddies, and I just I hope the best for everybody. But yeah, it's the rivalry and the competitiveness of it, and being in the UP for the last few years, like I have, and understanding what it is, and yeah, I I, I see that if both teams are doing well and both teams are succeeding and getting after it, it's good for everybody, and I think it helps promote football in the UP as a whole, and makes football exciting for all those kids that are playing on Friday nights too. For sure. So we do have some of our tens of fans, our Northern alums um, and are, in, you know, excited about the changeover and whether they, you know, know coach rich or know yourself. So if, if, if you were going to say something to the alums from Northern that are ha- keeping their eye on your program, what are some of the things that you think you guys are going to do differently to try and get rid of, the, the stigma with that program and, and, and create that new, that new identity that you guys are searching for right now. 
I think it's it's a lot of relationship driven. Getting out again, seeing we, like when you guys were up with for the All Star game, we made sure we were there a whole bunch. Tried to be around. I was at my my second straight All Star game. Would have been my third straight, but I had to move into a house the, the first year I was up there. Um, and, and really just trying to identify and be a part of the, the culture of the UP as a whole, and uh, make, making sure people know we're here and getting out and seeing us and being present in the community and making sure they know, hey, it's we're, we're here and we want to be competitive and we want the guys that are playing football in the UP to come be a part of what we're doing too. Yeah, that's great. So you guys are kicking it off here soon, correct? Sunday morning. They're, they're, they're rolling in Sunday morning, get kids get on campus, and we'll get some meetings done, and then we'll get rolling Monday and get out on the field and get some work in. So obviously they're with the changeover with the coaching staff, and 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 just you know talking with you and your some of the other coaches, there's been some changeover in players. Um, I know you guys are hitting the the portal and, and trying to bring in some kids that you guys have been recruiting on your own. Um, who are some of the names that we should pay attention to for the for the Wildcats this fall? Who are some people? You know, I know you obviously have your fingers on the defense more so than the offense, but who are some people that we should pay attention to? Yeah, uh, Jason Coulter is a, is a defensive end from us. He's from. He's from Illinois originally, uh, but he, he's a kid that looked really good in spring ball for us. Um, we have Justin Peak as a linebacker. I think that could be big guys. It's heck of a lot bigger than the guys I've been around the last couple of years. It's a little different when I'm not the tallest guy standing in the room with the linebackers anymore <laughs> or the D-line or anybody for that matter. Uh, so a little bit of change up for me. Um Offensively, we have like one of the best utility guys I've I've seen and been around. His name's Kyle Sar. He can do a little bit of everything. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can block. Um, really excited to see what Chuck Gerhard does. Um, UP kid, tight end. I, I know him. I know that kid well. Yeah, most most people up here do. Oh, especially ones that coach in high school. They know they know what Chuck can do and what he's he's, he's capable of. But. Yep tough kid i love being around him he try tries his hardest and everything he does and he has some ability it'll be fun to see how, how he plays this year well i think i think most importantly right now the question i have for you you've been in marquette county for a few months um let's talk pizza i mean have you been to the congress in ishmaring have you been to uh give me the uh tino's, tino's. in Nagani. Like let's let's talk a little bit. What about Marquette? You know, Marquette itself. What's your thoughts on the pizza down there? Because I've got a number of people up here that, you know, they're 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 Marquette County born and they refuse to to eat that Italian sausage, so-called Copper Country Italian sausage. They're just stuck and locked in on that Marquette County stuff. So, what are your thoughts, Ralph's Italian Deli in Ishpeming? Let's go. I haven't hit up any of those places yet. We we've been in full on barrel down, head down work mode and the copper country Italian sausage, like something from Gino's does sound pretty dang good right now. So wow. you put that thought in my head right now, Oach, but I'll have to get out to the, you guys have to text me these places. I'll have to get out and give them a try. Here you go. Congress in Ishpeming, Ralph's Italian Deli in Ishpeming and Tino's in Nagani. Let's go for those and tell that head coach to give you a damn break once in a while. You deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> we got it we got our break we got out of here we're, we're around and 
I think uh, Grouchy can vouch for me. I, I'm, I'm not going to leave even when they tell me to leave. I'm going to stick around and keep doing stuff. I'm sitting here working on stuff right now before I start talking to you guys, and I'll probably stay for a while when it's over. Well, I just want to, you know, give my little spiel here. And I said, as, as somebody that knows you pretty well and knows what you can do defensively, I, I think the the defense is going to be an upgrade. I don't know a whole lot about your offensive staff as much. I've met him, but um, just knowing the abilities that you have and your scheme and, and how you teach things and motivate kids and prepare and over over prepare and then you over 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 prepare. Um, I, I think I think things are turning around for the Wildcats, and I want to wish you the best. Obviously, you know that um, we got your back. I said I think if, if Northern goes nine and one and Tech goes ten and zero, I think Oj and I'd be pretty happy campers here. But um, we're we're rooting for you and, and and hoping things you know go well for you guys this season. No doubt. Thank Coach. you guys. Hey, no doubt. Good luck, and uh, let us know how the pizza stuff goes. I will. Thank you. You guys can come over here and have one too. It's not that far of a drive. <laughs> I'll be I'll be down there Sunday for guts frisbee. There yeah. you go. So all right, all right. thanks, you, coach. thanks, Coach Dufresne. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. Okay, Oge. Our next part of the SS3T football preview for 2023 brings uh, Calumet's coach Josh Franti to Coach's Corner Lounge here. Uh, coach Franti, you're entering your second year as a head coach at Calumet. Um, how are things going for you today? Yeah, you know, uh, obviously honored to, to be on such a prestige program. Uh, I've listened to a few of the episodes. and Only a few? Well, I, I got it planned out where anytime I go. it was all, but anyway. Well, I go on trips and I hammer out about four or five, so I'm at least, I think, halfway through, if not more. Um, but it's, you know, year two feels a little different than year one, obviously, stepping in for, for a guy like, John Crows and before him, Scott Bodies. Obviously, there's only been two coaches in the last, however, three decades. And uh, to have to step into that's obviously some big shoes. So year two feels a little less stressful, but with the new Westpac is going to be a little more stressful. Well, the Westpac is obviously a tough league with all the, you know, the college football has the expansion, but so does the Westpac. And the limited number of 11 men, 11 men teams, the Westpac is tough. And we'll get to that as we, we progress through. But um, last year, your, your squad had a good year, um, six and three with a really, really tough schedule. Made the playoffs, had a good battle with Menominee. Um, and obviously the what the Westpac champ, Nagani, played in the state finals. So um, what, do you, what are you looking for out of your team this year? Yeah, so looking, looking back to last year, uh, Obviously, we started out 0-2, and, and and from our side of things, things were pretty pretty grim. Uh, we had some senior leaders step up and say they'll do anything to right the ship. And once we finished that game with Menominee, which was obviously a which heartbreaker for our kids, um, you look at the three losses we had. It was uh, Nagani, Gladstone, and Iron Mountain. Uh, Gladstone and Nagani were battling for a semifinal spot, and Iron Mountain, I think, got knocked out in the quarterfinals. Maybe um, so. Obviously, three good programs in the Westpac, and and now obviously I'm um, adding some new guys in. Uh, it's only going to get tougher, which is what we've always wanted. But the outlook for us is obviously um, we just we want to play the best in UP. And now I think there's 18 schools left in the UP that have 11 man, and 15 of them are in the Westpac. So I think Marquette, Esky, and the Sioux are the only 11-man teams not in the Westpac. So, obviously, 
Uh, you look at all the games every Friday night, there's going to be three to four games every week that are going to be games you want to be at. Oh, for sure. Well, Franz, this is the interview that I've been waiting for. I <laughs> care a whole lot about the Houghton Hancock ones coming up. No offense to you guys, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I've been out of the, out of the program for a couple of years now and, I'll tell you what, I'm proud as hell to see the numbers that you guys have. You got to, that's, you know, I, who cares what happens? I mean, you know, we care obviously, but I think just looking at the numbers that you have and um, knowing that you're at that point where you're in the mid sixties with these kids, nine through 12, I think that's got to fire you up, right? Yeah. Having 60 plus kids in our program and hearing all the talks about the other schools that, that are trying to figure out if they're going to have 11 man football or go to eight. Um, it's just kind of a testament to what we've always done in Calumet. And, and I mean, not to give all, all our secrets, we haven't changed a whole lot. Uh, I mean, we added some new things with our lifting program and stuff, and, and it's turned out well for our kids, and our kids have bought in. And, and so that's been a little different. But at the end of the day, our kids like to work. Uh, they go to work. They leave practice every day. Last year, half our kids would leave in work clothes and and they just that's as, Cal. as soon as football shows up, they show up and they take three hours out of their work day to, to come play football. And at the end of the day, that's kind of how we've built our program is tough, hardworking kids and have built a pretty successful program over the last. Well, and then the success decade. and that's and now you get if, if you get the kids buying into that lifting program, I mean, with 60 kids and kids all of a sudden lifting and then doing, you know, with the work ethic they have, I mean, the, you've got to be pretty pleased with what you see coming coming down the line here for the Copper Kings. Yeah, seeing seeing the buy-in, uh, I mean, looking at it, like coming through, Crows did a good job. I mean, he had some lifting stuff for us, but, I mean, we always didn't want to put too much on our kids that kind of push them away from football. Uh, it's all optional. Uh, kind of made a little program um, based off Coach Crouch's system that he's built for years, obviously a little different. Um but our kids bought in and, and we were hoping to hit 50% of our kids at least get in the weight room. And we've consistently been around 70 to 80%. So it's kind of blown us out of the water. Um, it was always that, it was always that tough line of how to get, you know, how are we going to get after these kids that are, they're not, you know, they're not sitting behind a desk typing stuff up. They're not, no. you know, uh, doing oil changes on golf carts during the day. These kids that we're talking about, right? They're, yeah. they're working their ass off. They're out there working. They're yeah. Welding. And they're getting up early. They're doing it. So it was always tough to get those kids or, or to, to push them to get into it. Right. I mean, they yeah. have a good, good excuse to be a little tired at five o'clock in the evening. Yeah. There's a few guys that I know wake up at five and go to work for two hours, come to football and go back. Um, and like you said, they're not doing desk jobs. They're welding. Um, Obviously, there's a, there's a handful of guys that just can't take that time off of work, whether it's family business, this or that. But at the end of the day, they're they're farming, they're welding, they're not they're not doing jobs that are are very easy. So at the end of the day, they're still working out, even though they're at least making money. But the the big positive I think is our young kids are doing a phenomenal job right now. We got, I mean, our biggest participation numbers right now are our incoming freshmen and sophomores, um, and I want to say. Both those crews are probably around 80, 90% of their, those kids are lifting right now. Oh, that's huge. And it's, watching those older, watching those older guys and, 
and seeing the guys like Alan DeJorn and some of those tougher guys that have bought in that, and those kids know they work right um, on top of doing it. So when they're younger and maybe not working, it's good to see all those kids showing up. Well, you just mentioned, sorry, Croce, but you, you just mentioned Alan Majorn. Um, get into that a little bit. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I've been out a few years, but I know the kids. I mean, Adam all, so, you know, just maybe go through a little bit of uh, what we, what we're going to hear as far as Copper King studs this year, um, both sides of the ball. What are some of the athletes names that are going to play big, big time roles for you? Yeah, you look at last year losing guys like uh, Levi Kelpa, Braden Nelson, Amar Patterson, um, all those guys. Um, obviously, we got some guys coming back this year, probably more so. I've been curious to see uh, who's going to show up. Uh, we got Garrett Peterson, who who we're hoping to step into that quarterback role. Uh, great veer, uh, option read quarterback, tough kid, uh, another one of those working type kids. Uh, Travis Herkus, who's a farm boy, loves farming. You know, he takes care of the cows on the weekends. A pretty good line of Herkus linemen. <laughs> pretty good line. Uh, he'll be back uh, as one of the starters um, on our line. Uh, we got Travis Eck at center, who who played some minutes for us last year as a junior, who we're hoping kind of steps into a leadership role. Uh, some of the new guys, we got some young guys stepping in that that I think are going to take over some starting jobs as a junior and. Kent Koskla, uh, Mutti Franti, um, which are all, again, linemen, which I guess if you're from Calumet is is a good sign. Uh, but if you look in the backfield, we got Cam Anderson, uh, Jack Hanenen, uh Alex Tarnowski is a receiver. Uh, we got some guys uh, that like to get out on the edge. Uh, another young receiver that I'm pretty excited about is Gavin Sturros, who I think uh, can turn into – he's a real savvy Cal receiver who – Looks and plays the part of receiver, but then we throw the ball three times a game at times, uh, which hopefully we're going to maybe expand that to five to ten. I think that's the door just yeah, right it, now is the goal. Yeah, the, the old air raid days are gone. Oh, Jesus. Especially with all those linemen and those kids lifting now. Plus, um, I got my ass chewed by my own son for years. Yeah. Too much running. Yeah communist passing game but <laughs> so Franz, we've alluded to a little bit the west pack is changing i mean it's basically the whole entire upper peninsula now there's a big division small division um and and, and i know you don't want to play the teams in the smaller division you're picking up the big dogs you're pl- picking up your escanavas and things like that so um the west pack will be tougher than ever for sure but who do you see what do you look what's what are you looking at as far as who you think is going to be the top dogs. Obviously, you're, you're hoping the Cali McCopper Kings are up there fighting for that conference title to end of the year. But what do you think is going to be the stiffest competition? Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, we're if we're in the conversation at the end of the season, uh, I'll give all the credit to the kids for battling because, I mean, our first five weeks are, I mean, it's a slaughterhouse. We go Escanaba, Westwood, Nagani, Kingsford, Menominee. And like I told the kids this morning that – um, I think this is probably the toughest schedule Calumet will ever have. No, it is. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, it's not. You can't. In the years I've been there, and the years before that, there's it's there's no yeah. doubt. But you're still better off doing that. It's better off for your kids the yeah. situation you're in, playing Escanaba than p- picking up a, a Division Eight school just to fill your schedule. That yeah, exactly. And, and it's the nature where UP football is right now. I mean, that's just in the whole playoff picture. You had, now you had realized this a couple of years ago. That's where it was yeah. going to be. But. And it was going in. And I mean, I even anticipate, which I hope not, in probably five years, I would imagine the whole UP's in there 
maybe minus the Sioux because of their location. But I'd imagine at some point Marquette and Escanaba are going to have to join. I know they're in the big north right now, but that's a lot of travel at the end of the day for those schools. And and for a playoff picture, that's what they need to do. I mean, for us, it's perfect, right? Well, I the, mean, the, that strength of schedule back in the mix is – I mean, huge. even if even if you battle hard and, and lose, that that's you're still getting more playoff points to help you, yeah. you know, get into that second season. That's tough. Like, obviously, the one game I didn't want to lose on our schedule was Iron Mountain. Obviously, Coach Marlow, who I actually got to know a little bit more down at the All Star game, um, always had a great program down there. But being Division Eight and beating a Division Eight team at times is sometimes not as good as losing to a Division four team who's right. halfway decent, which isn't fair to them. Um, obviously, there's no perfect system out there, um, but I, I do like the the competition side of things. Um, there's some Twitter Twitter feeds out there that I like to get into, and and one of the one of them did the ADP, which is the strength of schedule for every team in in the state. And right now we're we're sitting at about 24th in Division six which is pretty good um, at, I think. So we're division six and our strength of schedule is below six. And, so. and, and you're playing teams that you, you have to play. And, but, yeah. you know, I, I take my hat off to you, you know, for playing the, the schools that you don't have to that are a challenge because that's, it, it's only going to make you better, you know, with the, the numbers you have and this, the, the type of kid that I know you guys have out on the field, that's in the long run, that's the best thing for your program. Yeah, playing all those schools is, is that's what we've always wanted to do. And, and now, obviously, the landscape's a little different, so it's easier to do that. Um, I mean, over the last 10 years, we would have played anybody, but with the conferences and the way things align, it just hasn't worked out where now it kind of aligned a little bit that lets us play some of those guys that, that we've always wanted to play. Yeah, the travel part's going to be tough. I mean, that's obviously a part that I don't uh, – part of coaching. <laughs> oh, that did you I, miss riding those school oh buses? Oh, my God. Well, I never rode those anyway. I had, <laughs> I had alternate plans. But, uh, um, yeah, so it's yeah, great hearing from you. I can't wait to, you know, see the crew out there again this year. And, and uh, you know, good luck, Franz. Keep her going. Hope the kids stay healthy. Crouchy. Yeah, you know, we'll be there. I guess we'll be there whenever we can to watch. And, you know, I'd like to get up there and watch your kids play. I enjoy the way they play. And, you know, thanks for – Taking a stop down at Coach's Corner Lounge here to shed a little light on the Calumet Copper Kings. Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure. And there's, there's always some extra headsets up in the booth. Okay, Oj, as we continue our SS3TP football preview, we are here with the head coach of the Lakeland and Hubble Lakes, Mr. Brett Jarvis. Um, Brett, welcome to Coach's Corner. How's things going? It's going well so far. Um, we've had two, what, three now? Good days of practice. Good weather. Um, yeah, been really busy. Like what I see so far. You're looking good. Looks like you're keeping yourself in shape. Did you lift today? Um, not today. <laughs> no, actually the podcast got in the way. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. nice. Sorry to have to disrupt that. For, yeah. As a coaching some, staff. Do a know. little push up workout here later if you want. Yeah. yeah. So Oates likes to ask our, uh, our, our guests here. Um, are, are you listening? How many episodes have you listened to? I've listened to, I would say one and a half episodes. <laughs> no, I don't have time throughout my day to listen. Yeah. Well, Jesus, that's right. I'm here. not a podcast guy. I don't, yeah. you know, anyway, um, I'll probably go back one day and listen to all of them. Yeah, well, that's I'll okay. We'll, we'll put this at the end of the preview. I'm sure, he'll listen to this one. Yeah. So anyway, um, on a serious note, last year your your squad was was pretty much a junior based team, um, six and three 
and ran into the North Central buzzsaw to, to end the season, stuff like that. Um, with a lot of returners coming back this year, um, what, what, are, what are you, is your, your outlook for the 2023 season for the Lakes? Yeah, so like with the juniors last year, we have nine seniors now, which is something that we hardly ever have. You know, I thought we never had nine seniors when we were playing 11 men. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this year, I, I would say just week after week, we want to be more and more competitive. Um, I, I think that we play in a pretty competitive league. We have really, really good uh, teams that we play against. Um, so anything just to set us up by the end of the year to get in the playoffs and play at a high level. Um, number one, we got to stay healthy. And I think that our kids have been working their tails off in the weight room. Uh, with it being nine seniors, I've, I've been with them for four years now, pretty much. Right. So um, well, this is the fourth year of eight man football, correct? Yes. Is, yep. right? So this crew, these seniors were freshmen. Yeah. So they, this so is all, the, all they've played. This is all they know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, and which it, is good. Yeah. And it was actually kind of funny because we do seven on sevens, you know, in the summertime with, uh, Houghton Hancock. And our kids are out there and they're playing outside backer, but all they know is an outside backer is a corner, you know? So it's, right. it's kind of funny, like yeah. just the transition, these kids, this is what they know now. And so, and I think that helps us because now they understand their fits a little bit better. They understand the nuances of the game, you know, where you can do some trick plays that I think an 11 man, you really don't see the types of um, formations, the types of mm -hmm. plays that people run and the speed of the game. We're a little bit more used to it now. So, and yeah, the kids, they've worked really, really hard. And I think that our seniors have prepared the right way. And so they're prepared for just a big year in general. You know, I think we're well-rounded where our kids are ready to just compete at whatever their, you know, basketball track, whatever they want to do. Well, well and, and, they're, and they're kids that play other sports, right? I mean, they're not just one hit wonders, right? They play a lot of sports. Yeah. So, and that's, that's yeah. And that's important. I mean, we've, we've pushed that forever right be right. athletes and, and play play three sports be three three sport athletes but i guess you know i'm a little clueless on the eight-man football game and what how many adjustments um week to week do you have to deal with defensively looking at these different teams what do they what do they do how much variance is there in in yeah. these offenses eight-man wise compared to 11. so the first thing I always look at because I'm a defensive back or I played defensive back is coverages and an eight man. It's actually kind of, it's funny. If you play a team that's going to spread you out, you know, if you're preparing for that week and they spread you out, there's not a whole lot you can do coverage wise. So it's kind of, you know, you're, you're pretty much man to man across the board. If they want to play like a double twin set and they have three linemen down with a quarterback, the field is now spread and you're pretty much man to man. There's not an outside backer corner or free safety to play zone coverage, things like that. So that's always the first thing that I think of, you know, in adjustments. Um, we have a ton of auto calls. So if, if we're going to play a base defense and they come out in a certain formation, well, check out of it. Everything's moot. We have to do this D-line stunt. Um, our backer has to be smart with making the checks and our corners are playing this every single time. Um, the, like I was talking about, there's trick formations where guards are eligible. I watched a game last year. A center was the eligible receiver and the center went out for a fade route. So no, there's things geez. like that where yeah, well it's, it's still and it, and it's still the end man on the line of scrimmage yeah. is eligible no matter who it is. So with less people, the center could be, and the numbering requirements are not in play like they are in eleven man. Yeah. So that also is a factor. Yeah. Sixty five could be your tailback. Right. It, it doesn't yes. matter numbers. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm clueless with this stuff. So I'm just curious. Um, 
And, and obviously, so you talk about the conference and, and dealing with North Central, who's been, you know, tremendous. They've won the state title here yeah. how many years? Three in a row. It's, it's been impressive as hell. So, yeah. so you, you got a returning crew back. Um, you know, what do you look at as far as looking to compete with teams like that? Now you got some athletes and veterans that are coming back. Yeah. What's the next step that you can take to, <laughs> to get your, your team to that next level? The, the first step was honestly the physical preparation because with North Central, it wasn't just, you know, they aired the ball out really well or they ran the spread offense really well. It was their athletes, they played a lot of football and they were physically prepared. You know, it was evident from the kickoff. Oftentimes in their games, it's they kick the ball off and the team will turn it over and they score a touchdown. In the state title game, I think actually, mm -hmm. they returned the opening kick for a touchdown and there was a penalty on the play. But I was there for the game and – I mean, it's just, it's outstanding, the athletes that they have. Um, well, and it I always know, helps. <laughs> I, I know the level that they have for their weight room, and we have a pretty nice weightlifting facility. You know, for, sure. for sure. Um, so I think it, it, number one starts there. We have to have kids that are, like, in shape, they're strong, they're gifted. Um, this year we intertwined in um, a strength testing day. So we did, like, a combine. You know, they got excited for, you know, let's test my uh, vertical. Let's test our bench press. Let's see what we got, you know, get them excited about something, strength, mm -hmm. agility, endurance. Um, so I always start there. And then in terms of the, um, the X's and O's behind it all, as a coaching staff, we had to look at what do we have, um, you know, as an offense and as a defense. Defense a little bit less so, but offensively, do we want to be, you know, ground and pound? Do we want to throw the ball a little bit more? Do we have athletes that are fast and can catch? Do we have five linemen? You know, because – if you're going to run like 11 man wishbone or full house, you got to have seven guys that can, you know, communicate with each other on the line. So an eight man that becomes, you have five linemen that are quality linemen and your tackles are now your tight ends. So can those two guys catch? So what do you have there? And then how can we restructure what we do around that? And you, you know? can, I guess in that, in that system, I mean, is it easier to, to slow a game down compared to 11 man if you need to? Do you, you look at a team that's what they do offensively? All right, we got to keep that crew off the field. Maybe this game, we got to run a little more ice yep. just downhill. That's exactly right. And and oftentimes last year, that's kind of what it became. You know, you, you if you go up against North Central, you're like, wow, that's a high-powered offense. They might score every third play with the athletes it, that they have. If you're, if you're lucky, so it going, takes three and plays. And I think any coach would have that thought process of, okay, let's let's run, let's use the clock. Let's control the football. It's still football, right? Let, I mean, you're let's still trying run to the do ball. that. Yeah, in the field, you know, the width comes in a little bit. It's faster in the regard that there's three less guys on defense that can make a gang tackle, right? Like if somebody misses an assignment on offense in 11-man, there's a lot of guys out there that can help out on a tackle and catch a guy. In 8-man, I tell you what, if you go like spread offense, there's so much field because everybody's spread out across the field and you have those three less guys to help in coverage, help, on the D line, it becomes an advantage to the offense in my eyes. But don't you think over the last, the evolution of eight man from when it started, what, eight, nine years ago? I mean, I always used to call it recess because it was seven on seven, but now yeah. the, the good teams are, are lining up and they're running the ball. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not Chuck at all over even North central for how talented Luke was and that they were still, you had to stop their run or they would just run. Oh right yeah. Over the top and, of you. and that's what I was saying. You know, you could look at them and be like, wow, they really threw the ball well. They, they have a formation where they could snap back and they could just go wedge and run straight at you. And they would probably have equal amount of success, right. you know, with those formations. And it's actually funny if you look back at um, 
I think Crystal Falls had won um, a state title running kind of a big formation. And never threw a pass. Yeah, most of the time, you know, direct snap. Oh, yeah, that was – how many years ago was that? That was 2016 maybe, 2017. Yeah. And some of the things that – still coaching. Correct. Yep. Yep. Some of the things that those teams are doing almost reminds me of like um, Menominee, running like single wing. Right. You know, you're catching and going. You don't want to waste a guy um, being the quarterback unless you're going to fake, you know, and you can do stuff like that. But if you can snap directly to a kid that can just run, now you got an extra blocker and the defense is already at a disadvantage. Right. I mean, so the whole perception of the, the eight-man football game has changed. It's, it's more of a traditional game of football where it's just there's it's a smaller field, less people, but it's it's still blocking and tackling. It's not just hucking her down there and yeah. throwing to the yeah. fast kid. I, I mean, it's, I would say most people, if they go to a game, by the end of the first quarter, you're kind of adapted to what's going on. And it does seem a little bit odd, especially if you're a coach. Like if you know football really, really well, it's going to take some time to be like, what the heck, where are the tackles? Or, right. you know, why, why? There's only one safety back there. And yeah. it's, I'm going to go this year. I'm going to go to one of your games early. I, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't watched. I mean, I'm going to He'll probably it. only make it to the first half. And then well, the Legion is right down the road. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see we'll where you're right at. We'll put you right up in the Rustler Fieldhouse. We'll give you a yeah. pass. So, looking at this season here, we got a lot of kids going back. Who are a couple people that we should pay attention to that are, are going to be good players on the field. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, you know, the kid that won our leadership program and it was close first and second, but the kid that won was Gabe Popko. I mean, yeah, he's worked he's, his tail off. I am a big, I'm a big fan of Gabe Popko. Yeah. He's yeah, a pretty he's, good kid. He's a coachable kid. And the first thing is his size. You know, he's six three two oh five, I think right now that's where we're you know, measuring him in at. And that's at the early, early part of camp. And I, I think Plus he has he cut a, his hair. He cut his hair, yeah, and he still measured it at like six three. Right. Yeah. Um, he worked his butt off in the off season. He's a multi-sport athlete. He's primarily our tight end. We can move him around a little bit. He can catch. He can run. He's he's just kind of a kid where in Lake Linden, we don't really see that height. And honestly, our entire lineup, we don't really see this type right. of height um, very often. Um, so he's a coachable kid. He does what we ask. Um, he's that tight end spot. He's our D end. He's that kid that you want anchoring your line. And last year he got to play alongside Kirby Costola and Kirby was another kid that played pretty much four years on varsity. He started as a freshman Yeah. last year. We played 11, man. Yep. And he was with you. Um, so by the time Kirby was a senior, I mean, Gabe had the perfect, um, guy next to him to guide him and teach him like, Hey man, if we're running ISO, you let's cross block this. If we're running backside guard pull, um, let you know, climb to the backer and let's go here. And so he learned a lot from that. And now we see that payoff, even like the first three days of camp where he's just calm and cool. He can go about his business. Um, and now it's just kind of a matter of let's keep him healthy. And the kids, and the, kid, sure the kids look up better. to him, right? I mean, and the kids, the yeah. kids, he's, he's the quiet leader. Like I said, yeah. I'm a big fan. And yeah. And then in a close second, like in that leadership program that we have that you established, you know, and we've continued on with it's, Fantastic because it tells <laughs> which you which also kids Coach, are give it, Coach you know? Franti spoke about when in his interview with us that's, as well. That's right. They have it now as well. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, just looking at your schedule with you've got a crew now, right? You've been here a few years. You got a crew of veterans coming back. And obviously, you know, North Central is, is there looming and, and whatnot. But what just schedule wise, uh, you know, what do you look at as far as? the lakes your battles week to week and and as far as what you got to do to yeah. uh, to get the w's as you go go forward um obviously i have you know i have a game plan 
from last year that I'll carry over with, with each team. And it kind of goes with knowing who has all the athletes. Do they like to run? Do they like to pass? We have game plans for every team. Um, I know who's going to be competitive. I know everybody will be at, at some level competitive and I'm not going to identify any team because it really doesn't matter. I think that it boils down to how competitive can we be in any given game and how can we um, at the end of the year play early on, you know, we have some pretty tough games. We, we play a middle um, slate early on, which last year, most of them were away. And when we travel, it's far, like we're going like two hours. We're going, basically going to like Escanaba and back every time we travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we that had, we, we had some back-to-backs <laughs> with, you know, Norway, um, Stevenson, North Central, Crystal Falls, like all back-to-back-to-back-to-back, you know, and those are tough ball games. Um, we were fortunate enough early last year where we won big in our first few ball games and that was good. You know, our JV got into the games, but I think it, it gives you kind of a big head going through the year. So I think if we can have competitive ball games really early on, that's way, way better. You know, we can look at the tape, we can say, Hey, you know, this kid, um, you know, this guard that we thought might be able to play here, he needs some work with um, his trapping or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, there, there's not really any team that I really circle. Um, well, North Central's got the bullseye, obviously, because they've been the top dog. But yeah, they, you know, they've done an amazing job. And but, it's not taking away anything from any given but team. Like I said, the, I, you know, no, I just just knowing the kids them. that you have there, and you know, if they, if they if they put it together and buy in and stay healthy, you said they might have a a, a chance to make a, make a run at that. And, and and just knowing Coach Gorzinski down there, he 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 knows what you got down there, and he's oh, yeah. you know there nobody's going to take the lakes lightly this year for sure. Yeah. What I love the most is that you know. If you, we've got eight man and a lot of people will kind of be like, well, you know, it's eight man, you know, there's like an asterisk fight or something like that, man, it's competitive. And I, I talk with all the other coaches and, and they, they're really devoted. Even the coaches that are having a tough time, you know, where they don't even have enough kids to play, like they're pretty into it. And they're like very passionate about getting out and being competitive. Um, you know, we've had such good ball games with like crystal falls, forest park. Uh, we had a good ball game with Norway last year um, at their homecoming. It was just an awesome environment. So even just to have that back, I feel like almost kind of grateful for it, you know, because there was a, a time at the end of 11, man, when it was kind of like doomsday, you know, where it's kind of like, no, oh, for man, sure. we're going to have to go eight, man, this sucks. And now it's kind of like, hey, man, the year's coming. We kind of have a consistent schedule. Like we can look forward to these games again. Well, it's just, like I said, the whole landscape of shit. When they first started this, Eight man, it, like I said, it, it was recess. It was, I mean, teams. Yeah. Were, I mean, if you had the fast kids, you were winning, you know. And and now teams at traditional Lake Linden, Crystal Falls, um, Norway, Antonagans, things that were football pro- powerhouses are they, it, it, the landscape. Menden played in the state eight man title last year, for God's sakes. I mean, and you know, no, they, those guys can block and tackle. So um, it's it's something that it's it's not going away for sure. Obviously, um, you know, we, we wish the best for you. Obviously, you know that um, I'm rooting for you 100% and can, you know, want to see you guys win, win as, as many games as possible. And, and thank yeah. you for coming and, out and, and joining us. I am coming to a Lakes football game this yeah. year, and I, I, I can't half. guarantee that I'll be there for four quarters. It depends on the halftime score because I know where the Legion <laughs> is, but uh, it'll I'll be there for a game and wish you best luck. Yeah, right on. Thanks, guys. Okay, so Oj, as part of our Copper Country preview, we're with uh, the new Houghton football coach, Coach Tim Driscoll. Coach Drix, how are things going? Things are going great. Just finished our scrimmage today at Gwen, and uh, 
things went well there. Now it's now it's time to turn the page and start preparing for Iron Mountain. Nice. Now you're no stranger to coaching. You've been coaching college football for probably 25 years. If I, if I was a gambling man, I'd say you got about 25 years under your belt in the college game, and then transitioning to the high school game. So how how has that transition worked out for you? Yeah. So that's about right. About 25 years in college, <laughs> See, and you, you know, finally, so I think you get back. There you go. There you go. Um, transition into the high school game. It's been a lot of fun. It's been great working with these kids and. It's, it's something where um, you're really developing them and you're really developing an offense and a defense and, um, you know, just, just watching kids learn and get better and improve day by day. Um, you know, I really enjoy that part of it. Now, you know, the difference is, you know, in college you have somebody – you know, you have a grad assistant that's taking care of your film, you know, instead of, uh, you know, trying to do all the film exchanges on my own and, um, you know, trying to trying to get filmers and and set things up like that. But uh, but 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 we're working through those issues. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, I think our camp went well. I, th- I think we uh, we film more in camp than, you know, a normal high school usually would. Um, you know, we had more meeting types of things. So, you know, we would bring the kids in in the morning um, and, you know, one group would meet, one group would walk through and another group would be in the weight room. And we would go through that rotation um, on the offensive side of the ball and then practice for about an hour and then do that rotation again on the defensive side of the ball and practice for another hour. So, um, I think we got a lot in. I mean, we, we kind of crammed a lot into that time period, but, but made it where um, things were fast-paced and, and kids were changing what they were doing so they weren't standing around too much. So, so camp went well, and, um, you know, I've, been, I've enjoyed it so far. Apologize awesome. for the dump truck that you yeah. here. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're on the deck at uh, Geno's here uh, talking with Coach Driscoll, but uh, that's awesome to hear. So, Coach, certainly in your situation, too, just coming in and trying to get to know some kids, correct? I mean, it's that's a little bit a big part of the, the situation you're in with coming into Houghton, getting to know these kids and their personalities. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it was nice to be around over the summer, but we didn't get every kid in over the summer. Not every kid. Kids are working. Kids aren't, you know, coming to seven-on-sevens. And, you know, I'd like to get that culture to improve that and start getting more kids over the summer. But, but, but man, I mean, you know, this last, it's only been a week and a half and, you know, it seems like we've really gotten to know, you know, how kids react to things, how they react to, um, you know, praise and how they react to getting yelled at. And, um, and, you know, I've found that these kids can be so enthusiastic and you know we try we do a fourth quarter program and run sprints at the end. Really? You got a fourth quarter program. Where the hell did you ever get that yeah, from? Yeah, where where would that ever come from? Um, Rest in peace peace coach Nystrom, right? Yep, yep coach Buck. Now, now coach Buck, he was my dad's college coach at North Dakota State. So, I mean, he's the reason that we're in the UP. And um, you know, I think he's done he's done so much for football, for college football. Um, you, you know, I tell our kids you know, when we put our four fingers up, that's the exact same thing that Alabama does. Yeah. And you know who Nick Saban got that <laughs> he got from? That he from got it from Bug Nystrom. Yeah. You know, so, um, so yeah, so that's always going to be a part of, of what we do in our program. That's awesome. And obviously, Buck, Buck, you know, college game, but his influence in the Upper Peninsula is still, still going through these days. 
Give us a couple names that we should be looking looking forward to hearing from as far as the, the Gremlins this year, offensively, defensively, just some of the, the you know, skill positions or linemen. What are some guys we should be thinking about going ahead here? Yeah, so um, so Kyle Primu and, and, and Wyatt Jensen, um, or I'm sorry, Jenkins, um, Wyatt Jenkins, um, they're going to be, you know, a couple of our running backs. Now, we're running split back beer right now, so there are a couple of our backs, but they're also playing on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, there are a couple of skill kids that are seniors that are really uh, leading the charge right there. Now, um, Kyle is, is playing our strong safety position on defense, and, and Wyatt's playing our free safety position. So, um, you know, they're able to, uh, to bring some leadership. Now, our team, you know, the heart of our team is our juniors. We've got a very big junior class, um, and it's kind of a small senior class, but the kids, you know, that are, you know, that are involved, that are seniors, like, uh, like Cannon Mayo, um, you know, we moved him down from linebacker to defensive end. Um, and, you know, we kind of have that philosophy, let's get more speed on the field. And, and uh, Cannon's done a good job of, you know, of picking up, you know, that defensive end position. And, and then, um, you know, and then we've got him, of course, on the offensive line as well. So, um, you know, those are, those are a few of our seniors that, you know, I'm seeing are, you know, really becoming leaders. And, um, you know, they, they had a pretty good day here, you know, today at Gwynn. So, so I'm excited about that. Nice. So, and I know you're new to the high school game here, but there's obviously been some changes with the Westpac, and, uh, and I'm sure you've been very well schooled on the teams that have been added in and Houghton, you know, obviously you're adding Menominee and Gladstone Kingsford to the schedule. So where do you see the Westpac shaking out as, as a rookie coach in the Westpac? What are your expectations? Who do you see as some of the top contenders? Well, I'm going to say one game at a time and bring on the competition. Right, it's just the, the coach speak doesn't fly with us. We've coached too many years to get that. So who do you think is going to be the – if you had to pick uh, someone to win the conference, obviously you'd want the Gremlins to win the conference. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, but, um, I, you know, from, from what I've seen, Gladstone and Nagani – are, are two very good football teams. Now, uh, we didn't play Gladstone last year. I got a chance to watch them play um, or, you know, talk with some of their coaches. Coach Wiltzius is over there. And, uh, and you know, just from the clips I've seen on them, they're pretty good. But Nagani, I did get a chance to see play. I, you know, we played them twice last year. So I wasn't at those games, but I watched that film. And, I mean, they're, you know, they're a good football team. They're definitely a good football team. Now, you know, I just got a chance to peak, and the exchange isn't all the way through. But Iron Mountain played Menominee, and you know, Menominee is pretty good as well. I, I mean, so you know, we just went and scrimmaged Lawrence and, and Gwynn. You know, those are two teams that were on our schedule last year. They're not on our schedule this year. You know, and we're going to replace them with like Gladstone and Kingsford, right. you know, and, and Menominee. So, um, and you'll always have your local rival too. Those games will be big with that, with you know the well, Bulldogs, and then and then Calumet as well. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's not there's not many slouches there. You, you know, and uh, Hancock, we get to play them twice this year. That's going to be fun because you know it's a local rivalry Two game. Bowls. And, oh, and, uh, right, you don't, and, and only a five minute bus trip. That's right. That's right. So it's you know it's a home and home. You, you know it's they're they're both really home games when, when we play Hancock. So so that'll be good. And then um, you know Josh does a great job 
up there at Calumet. And I, I mean, you know, watching watching them, they they were pretty dominant last year against you know against us against Houghton. And uh, you know, I really like the offense that they're running. Um, you know, he's running some midline option, and we're you know. Um, you know, we're trying to do a little bit of that. Probably throwing well. a lot less passes now that OJ ain't there. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go. But yeah, so um, you know, that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun. The local teams we get to play as well. So you know, and I, I'm really, I mean, not to be coaches speak or whatever. I, I'm really not looking deep into our schedule. I, I mean, it's. Um, you know, tonight I need to watch film on Iron Mountain, and I need to, you know, we need to be able to give kind of a preliminary scouting report because we play on a Thursday. So Friday is Monday, you know, of our game week. You know, so, you know, these Fridays, it's going to be quick turnaround because we play on a Thursday the following week against Kingsford as well. You know, so, so we get done with the game. We come in on Friday and get some work done, and then, you know, have the weekend off. Um, you know, but then our... Our Monday is like a Tuesday, and and uh, and we go from there. So we need a full game week. So we got a little work to do tonight before tomorrow morning's practice. Well, that's good. Well, so well, obviously we wish you the best, Coach. Um, it's going to be interesting to see you on the the high school sidelines and not the college sidelines. But uh, thanks for chatting with us, and uh, best of luck to the Gremlins. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. All right, Oge, we're sitting here with Hancock's coach, Ramon Seguet. Um, Ramon, Coach Seguet, you've been coaching now, head coach now. Is this your fifth year? Fifth year. Fifth year, been around. Obviously, you're no stranger to this program. I, th- I heard you even played in the game of the century. I did play in that game. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's a, that's a <laughs> story. That's another reason to keep track of what's going on here. But um, we're just, you know, interested to hear um, how are things going with the Hancock Bulldogs early in the season here? Oh, great. You know, it's been a lot of fun this year. We have a lot of versatility offensively and defensively. We got a lot of players that can do different things. We could line up in power eye. We could go five wide if we want to. I mean, it's really been a fun team to coach. We just got to figure out what our strengths are. Well, you got two weeks in, a uh, game coming up in a week. What? Uh, give us some names of some players that you're looking for big things from this year and, uh, you know, just for our listeners to keep track of. Well, Bryce Hanner really has looked good in practice. He his tremendous arm talent. He did a lot of running in the offseason, so he can run the ball as well as throw. He's looked just awesome so far. So that'll and be your quarterback? That'll be our quarterback, in. but our backup quarterback, the junior, Ned Larson, he, he could step in and start for any team out there. He's that good. So we're in really good shape at the quarterback position. Cody Turner will be our tailback. He'll, we're going to feature him a lot. He's a junior, and he's one heck of a runner. Excellent. Outstanding. So obviously there's been some changes in the West Pack. Um, the schedule's taken a little turn for the tougher for a lot of schools with Menominee and Kingsford being added. Um, how, how do you see the West Pat shape, shaping up this season? Yeah, you know, we've got Menominee, Kingsford, and Gladstone on our schedule now. But well, we lost Iron Mountain and Ishwaming, so, they're, you know, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Horse, <laughs> horse of peace, right? Yeah. So you can't say, well, the schedule's all that much tougher, really. I mean, every game right. you play in the West Pack, you got to be ready to go. Every team's going to be a challenge. I don't care who it is. You know, we start out with Lance, and they beat us the last two years, so we can't take them lightly. And then we go right to Menominee and Houghton in week three. Yeah, so uh, it's there, there's no easy games on the schedule for anyone these days. But um, as far as attitude, health, numbers of your, of your team, I mean, what, what are we looking at for as far as numbers go for you guys? Well, right now we got 11 seniors, 13 juniors, so we got 24. And, you know, we've got about the same, similar number on the JV. And we don't intend on calling anybody up. 
And the nice thing about the 24 that we have is we're like too deep at every position. So it's kind of nice that way. You know, we don't have, right. we're not Give too heavy and we're not too heavy on, you know, receivers or, you know, linebackers or whatever. So it's a really nice No, those group. are, that, especially having those, it's nice having those uh, 11 seniors, 13 juniors. That's good, good numbers for those guys. So, well, obviously we're, uh, we're, we're rooting for you guys, hoping you have a great season, stay healthy and good luck to you. Thank you very much. Good luck, coach. Okay, so the next part of our football preview brings us to Hurley, Wisconsin, and we're here with Coach Erickson, longtime coach of the of the Hurley football squad. Uh, I know we're doing a preview of the Copper Country, but he's no no stranger to the Copper Country. He's probably watched more film on Copper Country teams over the years and some of the co current coaches. So um, we're going to bring him in as a member of the the Copper Country, and. You know, very familiar with the teams in the Copper Country, and a lot of people in the area still follow follow Hurley and Coach Erickson, and so they they want to know what's going on. So, Coach Erickson, how are things down in Hurley? Well, things are going good, and thanks for having me. I do feel like uh, I am a, pa a part of the Copper Country. I love going up there, uh, visiting with uh, some of the old football guys, and and just have a lot of respect for how they play the game up there. So I'm uh, very, very privileged to be part of this discussion with this fine coach. Well, you know, and plus we are the hottest podcast in the Keweenaw, but um, that so Oge man, he can bring it. Oge brings it every week. I like that. <laughs> well, I got to write his lesson plan for him, but he plays to his strengths. So this That's right. So the announcements come out. So this will be the last year for 11 man football in Hurley kind of succumbing to the, a lot of the issues that upper peninsula schools are um, have, have fallen to or changed to, I should say, but you, you, you got a squad this year with that's pretty senior upperclassmen loaded. Um, good chance to make a nice little run here in that last year of 11 man. So tell us a little bit about your squad this year. Uh, maybe some of the key players, some names that we should pay attention to. Yeah, we got we got a pretty good uh, squad back with a lot of experience. We got 13 seniors and nine juniors that we're uh, we're pretty happy with. Been working hard. Uh, we have some really talented running backs in Carter Hall, who's in his second and a half year at fullback, and uh, Jack Cottle, grandson of Bimbo Cottle, who was on uh, a week or so ago, and uh, he's been uh, a starter for us for two years. And uh, we have a kid named Devin Soltis who's got a lot of, of wiggle and a lot of speed. Offensive line is really big and strong. Uh, got another Copper Country boy in Connor Pakala uh, from <laughs> over there in Tapiola. And uh, boy, we got him a few years ago out of Ironwood. And, and uh, he's a, a stout dude at about 6'3 and 275. So uh, we do have a lot of connections uh, to the UP as usual. Well, that's good. Well, with the way you're describing this, are we expecting a, a run to, to Camp Randall with this crew, or what's the schedule like for you this year? Who do you who are you going to run into that may cause some problems? Well, you know, if we can survive our schedule uh, and post, uh, we have eight games. We're looking for one. If anybody in the Copper Country is looking, we're open September eighth. Uh, in the Tough to find somebody in Wisconsin as everybody's in their conference schedules. But if anybody's listening and has an opening September 8th and would love to travel to Hurley, Wisconsin, we would be happy, happy hosts. Or maybe we could meet you somewhere on a neutral site, like maybe Lake Linden on a Saturday. 
<laughs> well, well, that Friday afternoon. In, How about a Friday afternoon? That would bring in some business to the American Legion Post 90 for sure. There might be one coach that doesn't make it back to Hurley that night. Too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, this team, I think we play all teams that are uh, higher divisions on our schedule. So uh, if we survive it, we should be battle tested for the playoffs. I feel looking at this team right now, they could be uh, for sure a one playoff game, maybe two. Uh, if you get a right draw, maybe three. Depends on how the, the, the brackets fall. But uh, we've had a lot of success. And, uh, you know, we're looking to – the boys don't want to drop the rope here in the last year of 11, man. So we're looking forward to some good stuff. Well, Coach, um, and, and I guess I'd be remiss about saying that, you know, last year inducted into the Hall of Fame, making one more run here at this 11-man um, there's going to be some changes coming down the road, but surely, surely exciting times for the Hurley North Stars this fall. And I know how the community comes out and supports your program. I'm sure you had a, a contingency that made the trip just to watch your scrimmage last week. And I'm sure the stands at at, uh, at the field will be packed on Friday nights. And um, we w wish you well, you know, stay healthy, even though you're in a different state. A lot of people that in our listening area and our, our people that are tens of fans follow, follow you guys and, you know, wish, wish you nothing but the best. Love those tens of fans. Great people. Thanks uh, for having me. All right. Thanks coach. We'll talk to you soon.